Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you are listening to episode number 62, brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear. Today is part three of the archery DIY report with Greg Litzinger, and we're covering archery practice habits to take to the timber, so stay tuned. All right, welcome back. To another episode of the Truth from the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast DIY Report this week, number three, with Greg Litzinger covering some some archery topics. Always fun to catch up with Greg uh, and talk some and talk some archery. Um, he's, of course, I think I mentioned in some previous podcasts, he's really helped me out a lot with with some of the issues that I was having, and I, I kind of dive into a few of those um, in this next upcoming um, podcast. You know, I had I struggled for a little while last year. Didn't want to admit it, um, but was having some challenges keeping my pin on target. Um, and fortunately, you know, I had a, an outing with Greg one day at the at the range, and we kind of went through some things. And uh, he kind of gave me some tools to to help help with the you know target panic or whatever you want to call it. Um, and also kind of helped me out with some of my form and stuff like that. That was going to help me be a better and more consistent shot. And those two things have have really kind of proven out. So. I think, you know, today's podcast is really kind of about, you know, setting those practice habits uh, that you can then take those same habits and apply them once you hit the timber or if you're shooting 3D or whatever the case might be. Um, but it's really about laying the groundwork and the foundation. That way, whenever you're in those high intensity or those quote unquote moments of truth that you're able to perform uh, as you have during your during your practicing um, with that in mind, um, th- today we're going to, as we we're talking about all things archery related, you know, one of the other things that I had changed over, and, and this was more of a gear related thing, um, was, uh, at, at, I guess it was two years ago, I started shooting Trophy Ridge React um, uh, sites. 
And for me, it, it took, I was always concerned with my ability to sight in accurately all of, all of my pins. Um, the reason being is that, you know, usually my 20 yard pin, I was always usually pretty good at getting that set. But as I would kind of get further and further away, of course, you know, human error becomes more and more uh, apparent, you know, so maybe you're a little left, maybe you're a little right, maybe you're a little high, a little low, and it becomes a little harder, at least in my mind, um, to differentiate whether it's, you know, in fact, I need to make a sight adjustment or if it is, uh, in fact, me as the shooter that is causing some of the, you know, the, the, the different high, low, left, right kind of scenarios. Um, and so it, more than anything, you know, changing to the React kind of uh, sight, it allowed me to have confidence in my yardage, right? So it's, I knew once I had it set, um, I knew that I was going to be accurate at 20, 30, 40, and 50, because at that time I was shooting a five pin sight, uh, their, their React Pro. And then this year I had moved to the React Alpha 1. So it was their new single pin sight, because I had, had mentioned in a previous podcast, I started shooting with both eyes open and um, a five pin was really kind of hard. You know, I was having a hard time getting on the right pin and, and focusing on the right pin. My eye wanted to kind of always move to that 20 yard pin. So I changed over to a single pin um, and it made a big difference in just kind of giving me the confidence whenever I moved to the React technology to to know that my yardages are set, they're correct, and it kind of took the guesswork out for me. Um, I think part of the battle in archery, you know, and we talk about a little bit today with Greg, um, is just confidence, not only in your shot sequence and all those things, but it's also confidence in the fact that, you know, the things that you're using, you know, whether it's a Trophy Ridge React site or whether it's, you know, the the release that you're using the or the actual bow that you're using, if you have confidence in the things that you're using, you're typically probably going to shoot a little bit better. So with that spirit in mind here, I'm going to pick this up. We're going to do a giveaway today, and I'm going to give away a React, a Trophy Ridge React site, the React H4. It comes with the React technology, of course. That's where you can set the 20-yard pin, and once you set the 20, your 30, 40, 50 will be set uh, from just based on the... Uh, the you know the velocity of your bow and the trajectory um, of your of your arrow at those different distances. Um, it has four uh, 0.019 horizontal fiber optic pins uh, with rheostat light. It has a second axis level uh, leveling, and this one this one of course is the H4. So it's a four pin and it has the your sight adjustments out to 50 yards. The cool thing about these is when you start sighting in out at 15, you start really kind of dialing it in out at those distances it tightens up every other pin in front of it. So if you're shooting out to 50 and you're tightening in that 50 yard pin, um, man, your 40, 30 and 20 yard pin really gets tight. Um, so in order to win this or the way you can win this is I'm going to, you know, I just ask you to do three simple, uh, really simple things. Uh, all you need to do is like and follow both the truth from the stand Facebook page and the Instagram page. The second step is uh, like the podcast Instagram post related to this specific podcast. So this will be podcast number uh, 62, if I'm not mistaken. And then the third thing you'll need to do is comment on this podcast's Instagram post with hashtag Trophy Ridge. You do those three things and you will be in the running for the React H4, Trophy Ridge React H4. So I'll go over those one more time. First thing you need to do is make sure you are that you have liked or are following the Truth From The Stand uh, Facebook and Instagram pages. You're going to want to like the podcast Instagram post related to this podcast, number 62. And then you're going to want to comment on this podcast, podcast number 62's Instagram post with hashtag Trophy Ridge. Uh, you do those three things and I'll make a random drawing. I'm going to let this kind of roll out for two weeks from today. And then I'll pick the winner at random. Uh, it'll be on Wednesday, May 30th. Uh, so you do those couple things, and you uh, I'll be slinging one of these uh, sweet 
Trophy Ridge React H4s in your direction. And I'll, of course, contact you to get your shipping uh, information and get this to you. That way we can get it on your bow and you can uh, have some fun with it and kind of get dialed in and, and ready for the season, which is fast approaching. So with that, we won't belabor any longer. We'll go ahead and kind of get ready to get cracking with Greg and talk some talk some archery tips and techniques related to practice. But before we do that, let's take a quick moment to talk about our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. First and foremost, Wicked Tree Gear, the longest, lastest, fastest cutting, toughest tree trimming equipment you have ever used. Simply put, the toughest saws on earth. How tough are they? Tough enough to come with a lifetime warranty. And right now, when you visit wickedtreegear.com, Use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and get a 20% discount on your Wicked purchase. We're also brought to you by Exodus Outdoor Gear. The new Exodus Trek is by is a byproduct of all the consumer voices who have been excited about what Exodus Trail Cameras has to offer, but just can't fit a $200 camera in their budget, and that's okay. A budget-friendly camera backed by the industry's leading warranty is now here. The Trek is $145, and it has the same proprietary shell design as the Lift Series cameras, same five-year warranty and unmatched customer service, 0.7-second trigger speed, video, photo, time-lapse, hybrid modes, all with a single-line backlit LED display for easy setup. You also get about 20,000 images on a set of lithium uh, batteries, and if you'd like to learn more about Exodus Trail Cameras, check them out at exodusoutdoorgear.com. And if you like what you see there, save yourself 20 bucks. Use the promo code TRUTH at checkout. And with that, let's go ahead and talk to the bow hunting fiend. All right, folks, we are live, and welcome back to another episode of the DIY Report, Truth from the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast, again joined by my friend, the bow hunting fiend, hailing from the garden state of yes. New Jersey, weighing in at a svelte, yeah. 185 pounds, I don't even know if that's right. Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> Maybe 162. With, what, with 162, sorry, man. Yeah. Uh, coming in at I lost all my muscle, you know. Age, age 40 with a scratched cornea. Yes. Greg, let's, what's going on, my man? What's happening, man? Oh, you know, just enjoying talking some archery with you, buddy. Yeah, this is what, number three? Of number, little... It's the trace. Yeah. The trace. Whatever. It, they yeah. say it's the best one. The third the third time's the charm. So Hopefully. If the, the first, first two might be, I, I feel sorry for your listeners, maybe. Right. Like the babble on sometimes. So. <laughs> if the, if out there, if you're listening, if you thought the first two sucked, we're going to do a lot better this time. We yeah. had, if we they had... make it a third, God bless you. <laughs> nice. But today's episode, we're talking about practice habits, right? So, so far during this series... We've really talked about, you know, selecting your right bow. And then we've really talked about, you know, being consistent in, in some different form and technique things, um, you know, from, you know, peep sites to kisser buttons to, you know, the type of releases that you might use and so forth. And so now what we want to do is take this, all this stuff that we've learned and we've got our bow and we're going to go to the range now. And we're going to start shooting and think about if I want to, if I've got all these things in place, right? I've got the bow at the right draw length. I have one that fits me well. I'm comfortable with it. I've chosen the right sight. I've chosen the right release, all these things. I'm going to now take it to the range. And what are the things I need to do to at the range now to help me be a better shooter? And the one thing that I started doing, and I've heard pros and cons of this. I've heard guys talk about it in different ways, is blank bailing. Yeah. I've heard some guys talk about it in the sense that like they, they love it. And it actually helped me out a lot last year. So I'm in the camp of, of that I really like it. You know what yes. I mean? Because... It took the pressure away of being on a target. Um, I was able just to kind of concentrate on feeling how the bow was going to release and that everything was kind of aligned. And then I've heard other guys talk about that blank bailing, like you don't shoot at something without a target. So you would never deer hunt without a target, yes. right? You would never spot shoot a competition without a target, right? So why would you ever practice a scenario 
that's never going to be a real life scenario. And I see validity to both sides, right? So I just wanted to kind of start there with blank bailing. Like, is it something you, you prescribe to? Is it something that you, you've used? Do you? Absolutely. It's, I think for me, coming from when I transitioned from being an index, you know, a trigger shooter to shooting, you know, with a hinge, that method of you know, blank bailing, blind bailing, you know, uh, helped me get comfortable shooting with that. And by comfortable shooting, I mean by feel, drawing the bow the same. You know, I had mirrors to the front and to the side of me. I'd watch myself draw, you know, and close my eyes and shoot. And I did that for, I mean, probably a little too much because mm-hmm. there was, like I said, there was no target time. But I was trying to instill good habits mm-hmm. because I had you know, 20 years of terrible habits right. to make up for Right. And the way to do that is to, you know, learn a new, you know, a, a month of doing something. And I, I spent months and probably thousands, thousands of arrows, right. you know, shooting with my eyes closed or shooting with no target face or putting, I would change it up, you know, if you put peep, uh, tape over my peep sight, everything's still there. Cause I don't want to take my sight off my bow or, right. you know, no target or shoot my eyes closed. So I changed it up a little bit, but it, it allowed me to feel what a good shot felt like. And sometimes that's all you need because it builds your confidence. Mm-hmm. When, you know, a lot of people are so very, they're outcome oriented. They're worried about the score. Right. Don't worry about the score. You know, the score will take care of itself. If I can take care of, you know, the, the six inches between my ears, as my coach told me. Right. Uh, and my little three foot circle around me, the score will take care of itself. If you work on this, the score will work. You know, the score will get better. And a lot of people rush. They try, they want to get to the end. You know, and they kind of try and leapfrog some steps. And next thing you know, you're back at ground, you know, back at stage one again, trying right. to. So it is a long learning curve. And a lot of the average people that's been shooting to have bad habits, you're mm-hmm. shooting 10, 15 years, even five years. I know how to shoot a bow. I can do this for a week and I'll be good. Right. It's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> or if you're a genetic freak, yeah, it could possibly happen. Or if you're really, you know, strict and disciplined yeah but the average person in my opinion is not i'm not i'm pretty strict and disciplined but i'm not that right you know, strict and disciplined yeah i'm pre- i'm pretty personally pretty neurotic about things in general whenever i get into something it's like you know i'm all, I'm all in you yeah, know it's, it's just kind of how i am but i last year i would start every session at the archer range because i was dealing with like you know i know target panic is one of those things that people say you know some people say it's target panic other people don't subscribe to that kind of you know that terminology, I yes. guess, right? Um, whatever we call it, I was beginning to have some struggles with punching my trigger. I was starting to have some struggles with, I was never off the target. I was having some struggles getting the target or getting my pin. Freezing below it. Yeah, just yeah. just the hair below it, always. Just the hair below it, always. And so I recognized that. And so instead of being ignorant and going, I don't have target panic or I'm not having a problem, whatever you want to call it, I recognized that I was having a having a problem right so yes. i needed to start to build some confidence and just like in how i feel because i was worried about everything that was going yes. on i was worried about <clears throat> setting my anchor points i was worried about where my hand was in in terms of like my release position mm-hmm. i was worried about where my string was at where my peep was at like i was thinking about all these things which you want to have a, a process yes. you know what i mean but it was taking away to the point that i was now struggling with the shot you know what i mean so when i got to the shot i was already worked, worked up yeah you know, so what I started doing is we kind of, after you and I talked, it's like I would start every session 
at the archery range by just standing like five feet in front of the bags, pulling back with my eyes closed, setting my, my anchor points, and then just letting arrows rip. And I would just start there. And that's where I would start because I just wanted to feel what it would yep. feel like to have shots break and feel good. Yep. You know what I mean? And you can run your mental program when you do that. Speaking of the mental program. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the next thing I wanted to yeah. ask about was shot sequence. But, so, yeah. Yeah, and your brain's it's 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 complicated but not complicated your brain can pretty much only do one thing at a time and when you're doing you're running you're rushing through your shot sequence or thinking about everything you're not thinking about aiming mm-hmm. and that is the key like so many people focus on the shooting aspect mm-hmm. and sh- focusing on about the arrow hitting the target but they're they're, they're missing some of the steps in between right like you there's some command shooters out there that can shoot. All right, I'm going to squeeze a trigger and I'm going to, you know, crush an X. And they, mm-hmm. you know, Tim Gillingham, you know, they call him, his nickname was the hammer. You know, mm-hmm. like he could literally, he's a command shooter. He knows when that thing's going off, pulling the trigger. I am not built that way. My brain's so active. I shoot subconsciously. Mm-hmm. I just want to aim, 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 aim. And the shot breaks, be it six seconds or eight seconds. It's good. If it don't break, I let down, you know, and, and kind of regroup. Mm-hmm. But so blank. Blank billing and blind billing help me to set up my shot, aware of what I'm doing. All right, anchor here, nose, you know, I'm level, and a shot breaking. Mm-hmm. So I can tell myself, aim, 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 and just pull through that shot, and a shot breaks. So when I transitioned to paper, you know, at 10 yards, I was comfortable with aim, aim, aim. I retrained my brain, you know, how to, you know, execute a shot mm-hmm. that works for me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, everybody said everybody's, everybody's different. And me and my coach, we worked hard on that, like the, the mental aspect of shooting. Not necessarily the physical aspect because there's so many variables, you know, injuries and stuff. But right. it's, it's in your brain that makes good shots happen. Right. So blind bailing, blank bailing, and then going to the range helped me substantially. Mm-hmm. So your shot process for me is I'm consciously aware of everything. And then I have a trigger point. Like I, I'm aware of I'm focusing on this. I'm, I'm focusing on the target. I get target acquisition. Once I get to the point where my thumb kind of comes off the peg, I go in the aim mm-hmm. and just aim, aim, aim. And subconsciously, I activate the shot. I don't say, all right, squeeze my hand, do all this stuff. Right. So I have a system that I've built up over the years that I use it for every shot, whether I'm shooting in, the, in my house, you know, or shooting at 90 yards. Mm-hmm. It doesn't deviate. And that's how you become a good shot. You become pretty much a machine. Mm-hmm. You, you don't change one. You change one. You you change the input. You're gonna change the output. Right. And sometimes you get away with. Mm, I barely got that shot off, but I got the action. You squeeze. You're like, that thing was terrible. But right. you know what? You're good. You look at it like, all right, I need work. And, and then, right. It's funny because I, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening because I this happens to me too when I go to the range because like the whole shot sequence thing is something that's relatively new to me. You know what I mean? It's like where I'm being more conscious about it. Yes. Um. And I, I notice myself at, at times at the range, I'll be shooting. It happens a lot at distance when I'm shooting out to like, you know, for me, distance is like 60 to 70 yards, right? And where I'm shooting and I'm like, I let one rip and I'm like, ooh, but I, but I hit the mark and I'm just like, that was luck. You know, and that was like, I don't know how it happened. The shot was all wrong. I rushed it. You know what I mean? I didn't have control over my shot. You know what I mean? I still managed to hit the same place. Some people will get false confidence in that. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like as opposed to like thinking like even though I hit where I wanted to hit, my shot would have been better if I would have controlled it and maybe hit two inches lower than yes. what I hit because at least then 
I was controlling where the arrow was going, whereas this shot, it hit where I wanted it to hit, yes. but I couldn't do it again if I had to, possibly, yes. right? And it's funny because there's a guy, I forget the guy's name, he has a website, I forget his name, but he's he's a guy who's taught a lot of shooting for, like, police and I believe, like, some military the stuff. The Iron Hill guy, the Iron Hill shooter guy? I forget. It's the Shot Inc. or something? Yeah, I think that's what it is. And yeah, he talks he's... a lot about, like, open and closed loop. Yes. Like processing for like different pieces of your shot and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which is tr- was tremendously helpful. Kind of checking some of the stuff out because one thing that I've kind of picked up and like I said, like everyone picks up pieces that work for them, right? And one thing that I started doing was talking to myself through my shot, like everything from like, okay, you're gonna draw now, right? Yep. And and what it did for me was not necessarily it didn't change anything about how I do it. It changed how much mindfulness I had about what I was doing. You're self-aware of what you're doing. Right. And it didn't, and when I say it slowed me down, it didn't physically slow me down. It slowed my brain down from getting from draw to the, to the shot without thinking about the other things that have to happen in between. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because some people will say, well, then how can you get a shot off in time for a deer? Because sometimes it's a split second. It's like all these things will happen within like two seconds. You know what I mean? But it's like, I'll just, I'll tell myself, okay, draw. And then I'll say, you're anchored. Like, after I hit all my anchor points, I'm like, you're anchored. And then I'll just, I'll say something to myself like, you're ready or go ahead or whatever. And then the last thing I say is I say, pull through, pull through, pull through, pull through. And you say, aim, aim, aim. I say, pull through, pull through. But what I'm doing is I'm focusing on that, on that target. And my pull through is just happening. You know what I mean? And once I started doing that, like, man, I became way more calm in my shot sequence and started being able to well, like, you can control it. your emotions that way, too. Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, like I said, because so many people, like you were saying, the guy, well, you got to get a shot off, on a, shot off on a deer real fast. So they're so worried about the outcome. They're not really conscious of what they're doing up to that. Well, that there's a 50-50 chance you're shanking that deer. Mm-hmm. You know, you're flanking him. You know, you're yeah. missing him. And that is the worst. I'd rather my shot not go off and that buck or doe live you know we we bet we do battle mm-hmm. another day because in this world now it's so driven by you know the outcome the result mm-hmm. and it, it's it's a process yeah you know and and like you said you're when you have a system down you're constantly aware of what you're doing you're self-aware and you're focusing on that you're not focusing on anything else and the brain's doing one thing at a time and over you know a course of months years you, you become a very good shooter because subconsciously you do everything when i first transition in the hinge like my coach had me write down a shot sequence what it, how many steps i need for a shot to go off i mean it was like 37 steps or something crazy right. i'm like what right you know i'm like that's insane he goes well you're retraining your brain so after before every shot read look at this be aware of it boom, boom, boom. when i would read it and then pretty soon you know i 37 became 35 became 30 because i built up muscle memories now mm-hmm. i don't think about 90% of the stuff that most people do because it's, I do it subconsciously. I'm not aware of what I'm doing. It's like right. tying your shoe. You know, you, you don't look like, all right, loop it, swoop it, pull it. It just happens. I naturally. still say that, but yeah. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so there's, if you have a system set up, 
gun shooting, you know, if, I mean, since I've became a proficient at hand shooting and, and having steps, I can pick up a handgun, almost any handgun and shoot it extremely well because it's the same thing, right? Same mental pattern yeah. as with any, I mean, it's transitioned into me welding and doing stuff at work. It's the same thing. I have a system now and I, I've become much more efficient in mm-hmm. a lot of things that I do because of having a, a shot sequence from right. archery, which is weird. It, well, it's crazy because like what you said is right, man, because it's, it's one of those things where just think about. I'm gonna get a little hippy dippy here, but right. just yeah, get groovy, man. Where the ludes? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like the '70s, right? Where the ludes, the ludes dude. Shown rage, yeah. yeah, it's like Dennis Leary's yeah. called the ludes dude, man. Um, so it's one of those things where, and you hit on it. It helps you be better at a lot of different things outside of just shooting, right? And I think if we just stopped for a second and we thought about. How often, and just if we were all just honest with ourselves, right, and said, how often do we stop and actually just think about, like, what we're actually doing, right? Being mindful about an approach to something, right? When you just take a, a couple seconds to stop to think about, is this, is this the right way to do to yes. solve this? Is this the right thing I should say right now? Is this yes. the right, like, any just any number of things, right? That ability to slow yourself and have a process, you know, and archery is able to kind of give you that perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Some people ask me why I like archery so so much, archery hunting or just shooting a bow. Shooting a bow for me is, you know, 20 yards of therapy at a time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I get to think and rethink my shot as I walk up to get my arrows, as I walk back from picking up my arrows. Sometimes I'm thinking about my shot. Sometimes I'm thinking about the argument I had at work. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the argument you have with your significant other or whatever. Yeah. It's that opportunity to just think yeah. about things. And your arrows, you know, the arrow doesn't lie too. Yeah. Plain and simple. If you're not in it, like a hundred percent into that, like each arrow should you know, get a hundred percent. You know, you can shoot a hundred arrows, but you might be a professional archer. But if you shoot ten arrows that are focused on those ten mm-hmm. arrows. You're gonna be way more efficient in your shooting, and 100. And and if you're just, you know, give 100 percent attention to that arrow, what you're doing, sub- constantly aware of what you're doing, and then subconsciously, subconscious little words. Yeah, <laughs> too many of them. Part two, it yeah. happened too. Yeah. It's like <laughs> dab a two. Yeah. It's those ludes, man. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> gotcha. What's in this water, man? Uh, but yeah, so if you just be aware of what you're doing you'll become a better shooter but a lot of people are are so rushed to learn a new technique mm-hmm. you know or i'm having trouble i want to go buy a new bow or a new sight that new sight yeah. new bow is not going to help you become a better archer and like i said being just self-aware of what you're doing is is critical to archery or life in general or even hunting scouting and right yeah. you're self-aware of what you're doing i'm walking in there's a deer trap there's a rub there's all these things and mm-hmm. you know and it it really is kind of goes hand in hand for me um since i've become a better archer i've become a significantly better hunter right which in turn i've become a better person there's a whole you know it's a whole ecosystem yeah. of, of how it helps you and that's i think the funny part is like people don't recognize that if you if you let yourself get in it and just kind of give yourself up to it yeah. and allow it to kind of take over and, and allow it to provide you a process for managing things, there's a lot of things that yeah. it helps and, fix, you know? And, and, you know, I'm a big guy and uh, big listen to Lanny Basham, you know, mental management stuff. They talk about attainment a lot, mm-hmm. you know, like I might not win every tournament. I might win one out of five, but 
it's what you become in that process, you know, right. that, you know, makes you who you are, you know, you like, become a better version of yourself each yeah, time. You yeah, know what I mean? And that's yeah. kind of the goal, right? Yeah. And it's, like I said, and, and shooting like it, before we get too, uh, too off, deep. Yeah. Too yeah off track, like, we know? are in, we are in the, uh, the truth from the stand hookah lounge. Yeah. So it's getting weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let's, let's pull up the brakes here. Hold but, on. Let me get my lava lamp out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, for your, the listeners who actually listened the last few minutes, but <laughs> return return listeners uh but just have a process on what you're doing and write it down you know and that's a big thing that i found works for me write my process down mm-hmm. you know and i said my coach he had me write a thing about how many steps does it take to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right there's a lot of steps right you so many steps it. that you would not even think of. i was like wow i got like four or five he's like no nah, there's probably 20 plus i'm like i don't right. see how it's like Get up off the chair. Go to the cabinet. Go it's to the, everything. Yeah. So yeah. archery is the same thing. When you want to learn a new habit, there's going to be some struggle. There's it's going to get rough, but you got to push through that and stay focused. You know, give yourself three months. A lot of people want it now. So many people are outcome oriented. You know, take the baby steps, man. You right. got to relearn, especially if you're trying to relearn good habits. It's going to take some time. Old habits die hard. I still get old stuff, you know, coming through. Like if I put it. I was so bad with index trigger release. If I put one on now, like, man, these, these things are cool. I can shoot them. Within 10 shots, I'm like, barrel, like popping finger popping. And it's like, yeah. get this thing away from me. Like, right. it's just old habits die hard, you yeah. know? So Before we continue our conversation, let's talk about Wicked Tree Gear Saws. Hardcore deer hunters need tools that can keep up. We don't baby our gear and take it on whatever Mother Nature dishes out. Check out Wicked Tree Gear hand saws and pole saws at wickedtreegear.com. Use promo code TRUTH. To save yourself 20% on your next purchase with free ground shipping. And get a saw that's tough enough to work as hard as you hunt. So what do you think, you know, as far as... Let's talk a little bit about shooting 3D in competition and how that helps you become a better better archer. And your, in your opinion, like your approach, like has shooting competitively and then shooting 3D targets helps you up your game? Absolutely. Um, you know, knock on wood... Hopefully this is wood, but it's something. Yeah, <laughs> it's vintage. Yeah, it is vintage. <laughs> but shooting since I started competing, um, like really, I mean, full on competing and taking and even I did three D for about a year before I started competing. I guess, and I haven't lost a deer. I've made one shot that wasn't so well, but I still in the final. Yeah, I still found the deer. Right. So it puts you in uncomfortable situations. Everybody's you know good in their backyard. Everybody's good yeah. in the basement, good. But you go to, I mean, you go to a new range you've never been. New footing, new targets, new people. It can be nerve-wracking. It mm-hmm. tests your nerves. It tests your range, you know, your, your range estimation abilities. You're, you're shooting with people you don't know. You're out of your comfort zone, out of right. your wheelhouse. And it forces you to, you know. Focus make, or suck. Yeah. yeah. I remember my first tournament. I was like, man, I'm going to smoke this thing. I, my adrenaline was surging so bad I couldn't get shots to go off. I thought I was like, I'm gonna rip my bow in half. Like I was just right. so angry. Like the first ten targets, and I'll never forget these two guys. They kind of made fun of me, and it like pissed me off because I'm watching these guys shoot. I was like, I'm better than both of you. Right. And if you know, I flipped that switch, as my coach called me, I'm a, a reactive. At the time, I was a very reactive shooter. Like I needed something, you know, to force me to. to get my shit together and start shooting well. Right. Whatever they did, I went on a terror. <laughs> it was like, I shot like 11 X's in a row. I mean, just absolute crushing. I was like, where was this 
five know? shots ago. Yeah, right, but yeah. it was new people, new terrain. You know, I put myself, you know, paid forty dollars, whatever to shoot. And I took something I never done before. It was like, and I didn't know what to do. I was, you know, you know splashing in the water. You know, I right. was drowning basically, and it took, you know, an, an asshole basically. You know, <laughs> you know, they're good for something once yeah. in a while. <laughs> and uh, but I still get that sometimes, like that adrenaline surge. You know, uh, last year and drove all the way to Virginia to shoot. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, I just picked up a used bow. Just a, I wanted to shoot a hunting a hunting bow. I got rid of my target bow, and I was like, I'm gonna shoot a basic cheap bow. So I bought a bow for two hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and I really couldn't shoot that well. But I wanted to see what I could do with a, a lower grade bow. Right. And I shot really well, like the first three targets. But I was so amped up i mean like a deer was coming at me like that's how adrenaline was surging i was like this is amazing and right. i still executed and like i mean first three targets x x x coming out of the gate i'm like man this is money and you know, I don't know what happened you know i lost my focus because maybe right. I, cause that very rarely happens i get three x's out of the gate and then i'm like right. man this is easy boom let my guard down for like three shots and it was like fell apart yeah and then yeah. i had to like climb back out so it forces you to you know competitive archery shooting or even just 3d shooting in general with people you don't know forces you to be become better or you know, be, become shittier you know? <laughs> right it's it forces you to reckon with yourself yes you know what i mean whether it's the good version or the bad version at that moment and i think that that stress that's one of the reasons why i like to go to the range mm-hmm. occasionally i shoot a fair well, i shoot every day at my house yeah. <clears throat> you know but i know that that's a controlled environment yes i need to go where people are going to watch me you know other people are going to be shooting and it's got it's made me a lot more comfortable in my shot to where I'm able to kind of block out what everyone else is doing around me and just shoot, which has helped me a ton in the tree stand. So I yeah. want I want that to be kind of like the last part of, of part three here is I want to talk about all the stuff we've talked about in this section as far as like your shot sequence because like I, like I'd mentioned earlier, when you're doing that conscious like going through your shot yeah. process and sequence, you know they, you know with the concern that it might slow you down and miss that yeah. shot opportunity. So how do you take all these skills, right, and learned techniques and so forth, and then apply them in a tree stand whenever you're under the most hunting pressure or most shot pressure you might ever face? You know, you got that giant once-in-a-lifetime buck that you've watched for three years, and you've had near misses with him, but he's never come within bow range. Now, all of a sudden, here he is, That's right? never happened to me, so I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Kids talk every, about that. <laughs> every, deer, every buck, every large buck I've ever killed, I see him. As soon as I seen him, I killed him. I've never seen him before. Never seen him. So <laughs> nice. I'm a one and done kind of guy. You right. Know? Nice. But uh, what you do, you build them. You build up muscle memory. Like um, all my, you know, my largest bucks, and even some of the does I've killed. It seems to be happens so slow. Like time sits still for me. Like I'll pull mm-hmm. back, and sometimes I remember pulling back. And I'll pull back, I'll get my sight on, I'm like, all right, sight's there. And then I'll almost like, not black out, but it's just, it's so slow. And sometimes I'll be thinking to myself, I'm like, how come this release isn't going off? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel almost like an out-of-body experience. Like I, sometimes you know, I shot the two does this year, like I literally could have swore I was looking at my release and I'm like, this thing isn't working. Right. Because I was just, it was so slow and I was so laser focused that I was like, huh, it's just... And I just remembered something like, just pull through. And you know, it's like, and then it, boom, you snap back to reality. You know, mm-hmm. and the arrow hits. I couldn't tell you where my pin was. Like, even when I shoot 3D now, when I'm on, like, I don't know what pin I'm using. It's all subconsciously. Like, right. All right, that deer's whatever, that target's 35 yards. I can tell you what pin I use. Right. All I know is that 
I tell my brain it's 35, the brain does the rest. Right. All my big deer, same thing. I'm like, all right, that deer is 33. I couldn't tell you where my pin was when I shot him, but I heart shot him at 33 yards. Right. That's all I know. Yeah. So, and that's just muscle memory and being comfortable in. But the thing is, is you're still conscious, right? Yes. Like you're not, you're not remembering everything that yes. happened, right? True. But it's like you are still focused. Yes. I think that I want to make sure we mention that yes. because it's not it's like, like it's you like thrown focus. it away. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I'm the same way. It's like when I have made kill shots, I don't remember necessarily releasing the arrow. But what I do remember is watching the arrow pass through. Yep. Like I can see the arrow hit the target, yep. you know what I mean, hit the animal, disappear. Yep. I've watched that happen. You know what I mean? So I know that I'm focusing. But it's just everything else has happened so much that I've put a process in place that I'm able to get back, get anchored, get in, in, into my position, and squeeze that shot off the way it needs to be squeezed off. And I'm just watching that arrow and pass through the animal. And you're worried about the – I think for me, it's like with, with 3D and hunting, I'm so worried about where the arrow is going to hit. I'm not – like muscle memory kicks in. Like I'm, I bypass all these steps because – I'm so laser focused, and I think that's why at times sits still for me. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm so focused on that. I want to see, you know, a hair because I got terrible eyesight. But so focused on where I need. And shooting 3D helps because I know where it hit, where I'm shooting, and it's just I'm just looking at that. And I don't know what my pin's doing. I don't know what you know. I'm aware of my bubble for a little a, a, a little bit. I'm constantly aware of the bubble, but you know, when the shot breaks, I, I don't even know what happens. It's like, mm-hmm. boom. And then like it, it speeds up and like, and I film myself too. So I look at my shots and I have, it's nice to go back and look at the, the shots. Cause it's like, Oh, that's what it looks like. Cause I'm so into that. And then watching right. where that deer goes, I don't really know what else is happening. Right. But it's, I think it's just from building up that muscle memory and laser like focus from actually being aware of what I'm doing. Nice. And, uh, I think a lot of people rush that they yeah. see the deer and they're so worried about putting their hands on that deer or calling their buddy and bragging, yeah, I just shot a giant buck, instead of actually worrying about the process to get to that, like focus on that point of impact. That's all you need to focus on. Right. And you'll be better. You know, you'll become a better hunter because, but so many people are like, all right, and if their bow's not set up properly, grip, hand, they, they start thinking too much. Right. And you can think yourself into a bad situation <laughs> real fast. Right. Because then you're like, oh, there it is, and he's walking fast, and bow, and they hammer a trigger, which... They never do, but they're rushed because they don't right. have a good... You know, the other thing is, too, is you often have more time than you think you do. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like when you see that, that deer approach and you're like, i got to get the shot off in this window. It's like, yeah. yeah, that window might be small, but you have an opportunity, yes. right? You have time to go through the yes. the process and, and don't outthink yourself, but you have time to make a good shot. Exactly. You don't have to rush it. You know what I mean? And then the second part of that is, is that if you have to rush it, should you be taking it in the first exactly. place? Let it down. You know what and, I mean? And if you, that was one of the things when we were shooting together for the first time that you told me that I took it away as like a really important thing for me. Cause I don't shoot much with other people. Yeah. You know, I don't shoot competitively or whatever. Um, I was pulled back on one of the 3d targets and it just didn't feel right now. Let it down. And you said that was your best shot today. Yes. And I was like, and like the thing went off my brain saying, okay, like yeah. that it's making the right decisions. And the let down is a lot of uh, a training tool. My coach instilled in me right from jump street, especially with a hinge, how to let down on a hinge because mm-hmm. I was so afraid to let down. It's going to go off. But if the shot ain't there, or if you pull back on a deer and you're like, I don't know if that tree or the yards let down because a shot is fit. There's a 50% chance you're going to make a bad shot on a deer because you're not focused on that point of impact. You're focused on that branch or is he 40 yards or is he 30 yards? 
the shots broke down. Right. You know, you can kind of muscle through, but you know what? I'd rather have that deer walk right. or regroup, you know, for a second and then fuck, right. pull back real fast, you know, right. and, and with a with a better mindset. Right. But so many people try and rush things and force things, you know, through small holes as they're walking. Right. Very few people practice walking shots. Why take that shot? I don't care how big the deer is. You know, because right. odds are there's 50% chance you're going to shoot it in the guts and that deer's going to haunt your dreams. It's going to make you think twice about shooting at another deer because like, ah, I got shot at a deer. Well, you just, <laughs> you just, you put, just the, put the X on yourself there. Yeah. You know I mean? So yeah. just, uh, you know, focus you know, lungs, lungs, heart, whatever it needs, whatever, you know, trigger you need to work and, and just build on that. And that comes from your know, months. That's why, where having months of training comes into play. Right. Like, I mean, Levi Morgan's of the world, all these great archers, you see them on, you know, their TV shows and, and videos. They never make bad shots. Right. You know, you know, or, and if they do, you know, it's, you know, the deer took a step or something like that, but right. you never hear them talk bad about themselves. You know, like, Oh, right. I'm a terrible, I suck or, you know, or, right. You know, that's just, it's not a good way to build up yourself. I mean, you make a bad shot on deer, regroup, think like, how what could can you I do better? better right? yeah, yeah. How can I make this better? And then constantly aware to not make that again. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think we covered a lot of ground in, in this one, talking about practice habits, everything from blank bailing shot sequence, ludes. You know, yeah, we got the yeah, leads man. in there. We've got to make sure we got the, <laughs> the hookah lounge. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we're good to shut this one down. And uh, thanks for joining, man. Yeah, Appreciate no it. Problem. Thanks. All right, gang, that's a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank Greg for joining. Be sure to give him a follow on Instagram if you are not doing so already. And we would, of course, like to thank all of you for listening. And if you haven't yet, please get, head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. That would be super awesome. Also, don't forget to enter the Trophy Bridge H4 React Site giveaway. Three ways you can get involved in that is, first and foremost, you need to be following and or have liked both the Truth From The Stand Facebook and Instagram pages. Second, you're going to want to like the podcast Instagram post, podcast number 62, on Instagram. So make sure you like that post. Number three, comment on this podcast, number 62, on the Instagram post related to this podcast with hashtag Trophy Ridge. You do those three things, and I'll do a random drawing on May 30th and get the site out to the winner. Before we shut this thing down, we need to give a big shout out to our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. Wicked Tree Gear, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Trophy Ridge, Ozonics, Obsession Bows, Tecamani Seed, Glacier Coolers, Ramcat Broadheads, and Trophy Taker Rests. And until next time, we'll see y'all. Nationalize yourself in numbers, but I gotta get All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do-hard-shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.